Welcome, everybody, to the Game Day Everyday Podcast. It's your favorite hosts, not just in Tampa Bay, in the entire world. Of course, that would be the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Rob Higgins, the executive director of the Tampa Bay Sports Commission. I am Ryan Bass. Rob, we officially have a new member of Team Tampa Bay. So excited for this Tampa Bay community to get another championship franchise here in the Tampa Bay Sun FC. Buddy, how excited are you for pro women's soccer coming to our beautiful Bay Area? It's going to be awesome. I mean, it really has been the missing piece to the overall puzzle here. We've had such strong men's professional sports. We've had uh, great collegiate sports for both men's and women's, Division One, Division Two. But we've always been missing that pro women's soccer team that can help take us to the new to the next level, which is it's awesome. And uh, from the ownership group to the front office, to the coaching staff, I mean, they are knocking it out of the park every step of the way. So we really wanted to take the time to put together a special episode here today to let the fans in on exactly what's happening, how we got to this point, what to expect into the future, because it is such an exciting time with the Tampa Bay Sun FC. We've got a really special interview coming up here in just a few minutes that you'll be able to listen to exclusively here on this Game Day Everyday podcast. But just to set, kind of set the scene, Rob, for what this league is, for those that are listening, like, wait a minute, what is the Tampa Bay Sun FC? So this will be the first top tier women's professional soccer team that's going to be in our area. Uh, there was an event this past Saturday in Ybor City. They unveiled the name. They unveiled the logo, the colors surrounding this. You guys are going to love it. We get into uh, kind of the making of the logo, and I love how it really ties into so many different parts of our community. So we'll hear about that in just a few minutes here. But it's the USL Super League. So Tampa Bay will have one of eight franchises to start in this inaugural league, which will begin play in August of 2024. So it's coming up next fall, Rob. Uh, the Tampa Bay Sunday FC are going to play their first couple of seasons at Blake High School. There's going to be an updated and expanded stadium uh, where these ladies will be able to play pro soccer here right in the Tampa area, right along our beautiful Riverwalk. We've talked so much about how that Riverwalk is so centric to our area for so many major events that we've had here in the Tampa Bay region. And it once again will be the backdrop to this women's pro soccer league. And we've got a familiar coach that will be there as well, Rob, that a lot of people in our area know quite well. Absolutely. To have Denise Schulte-Brown uh, from the USF Women's Soccer Program, who has won just a ton of championships and has really taken that program to an incredible level. And then their team president, Christina Uncle, who's been a valued member of Team Tampa Bay as well. She's got an incredible background. Um, it's it's awesome what they've done from both the front office and a coaching staff-wise. But it all starts certainly uh, with the ownership group. David Laxer from Burn Steakhouse, and then Daryl Shaw, who's been a uh, a local, really successful developer, specifically around the, the Ebor City area. They came together. I think they've known each other, probably played together back in the day, and had this vision to bring professional women's soccer to our community. And they did that through the United Soccer League's USL, which is headquartered here. It's really a hidden gem right here in our community. They're one of the largest operators of soccer leagues across all levels in the world. And we're so fortunate to have them headquartered here. So um, it's really all the moons aligning in a, in a very special way. And the timing is perfect. You look at the trajectory of women's sports and all of the success, the eyeballs, the TV impressions, the attendance, 
all of it is really taking off like a rocket ship. And so the timing is absolutely perfect. The sport is perfect. And we could not be more excited. We are so excited uh, for the official launch of this league again, which will begin in August of 2024. There's a lot of preparations to get to that point. A roster has to be put together, which I know Coach is assembling as we speak, and there's a lot of planning to go into this. We'll get into how you can get and and reserve your spot as a season ticket holder and uh, what this franchise will mean to this area. We had a really cool opportunity, Rob, to speak with both Christina and Denise to really dive into uh, how this league was formed, why we are one of the, the homes for this inaugural league, and what it's going to look like for the inaugural season of the Tampa Bay Sun FC. Take a listen. We're joined by two really special members of Team Tampa Bay. Certainly they're familiar to our community, but they both have new roles, and we're excited to visit with them here today about each of those. So I'll introduce uh, you guys individually. First is Christina Uncle uh, from officiating to broadcasting, uh, certainly no stranger to the soccer world. And now uh, she's president of the Tampa Bay Sun FC, which we're going to talk more about that brand and logo in just a few minutes. But Christina, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And then we're also joined uh, by the new head coach of the Tampa Bay Sun FC, um, Denise Schulte-Brown, legendary coach in the area, really has touched every um, level of soccer in our community, including most recently with the USF women's team uh, and all the success there. Just wrapped up uh, her tenure there and now is a part of the Sun family. So, Denise, welcome to the show as well. Thank you so much. Legendary, I'll take it. Exactly, an icon. Uh, but we'll get more into that in just a second. So, Christina, I mentioned all of your your various background that you had. Uh, certainly, all of it has led to this moment of taking the leadership of you know a startup franchise, one that's really important. Which again, we're going to dive into all that. How has your background really led to this moment, Christina? It's been kind of crazy, and once again, apologize for my voice uh, for those listening. I've lost it cheering, rooting, and screaming this past two days, but uh, I wish it was parting, but it wasn't. Um, it was a kind of crazy, the alignment of what it is. So as you alluded to, uh, FIFA referee for seven years representing the United States, been part of women's professional international soccer for over 17 years now. And so I'm being able to see pro soccer from when it didn't exist to when it existed, to when it didn't exist, to when it existed now, and to be part of more soccer, more games, has been a unique side. We always say I've gone to the dark, dark side from the referee world to like sports <laughs> administration. Um, but that's been a really incredible opportunity with the alignment of background history. You know, they say referees are, you know, we have the best seat in the house. We're on the field. We're with the players. We feel it. We know it. We see it. I was witnessing Denise over the past 17 years and how she built her legacy by literally being on the pitch with her team when they were winning, when they were losing, when I called a PK against them, when I did it. Okay. We got along. Yeah. yeah we did get along. Good. Yeah. That was actually really good. <laughs> She's a pretty awesome and, ref. So it was no problem. Thanks. Um, and then to your point, transitioning into the CBS sports side of it, like um, that being able to be a voice, ironically, my voice is gone, being able to be a voice for TV and really talk about the game, not just on the women's side, but the men's side. And not just seeing the numbers grow, but being able to be part of growing the women's game, not just domestically, but globally. So um, this is really that piece where I can say things, I can advocate for things, and now I can actually do things. So that's a cool piece. Super. By the way, 
nice to see a coach referee relationship going well because usually we see that we see the other side of it yeah so yeah, i got I some love stories that. for you ryan so I, i'm excited <laughs> to hear them i'm excited to hear them especially bonkers right now yeah. <laughs> especially <laughs> off podcast yeah um Christina, by the way, I am a, a CBS sports alum as well. So uh, I love that you're a part of the CBS family and uh, I've been a big, big fan of your broadcasting career. But uh, Denise, I want to shift things to you for a second, because we, we know a lot about your story career, um, you know, as USF's uh, women's soccer coach. And so when you talk about making a jump to the pros, can you walk me through what that transition has been like for you, how excited you are and kind of maybe some of the challenges that lie ahead for you in, in making that jump? I mean, the story of my career early on um, as a college coach was building programs. So I've always like really, really enjoyed that. Just, you know, the opportunity to take a program that maybe it hasn't reached its potential and grow it to, you know, I, I think to reach its potential. So I really enjoyed that. And then 17 years at USF, it's just been an awesome journey, just such a great relationships and great environment to work in. Like I I'm super, super blessed. So had nothing to do with wanting to leave the environment I was in. Um, but you know, I've always aspired to be, you know, the greatest coach of all time, but um, you know, that's, you know, as a competitor and I'm, and Ryan, I know you're a competitor because you're like, obviously aspiring to, to be awesome. And, um, coaching professional women is just a step I've always wanted to take. Um, I, I've gotten to work with a bunch of different national teams, and that's a lot about building a team and and building a program, um, sort of from scratch in a way, just trying to find those players and and build out a team. So I have some experience in that. I've continued to develop incredible relationships with my alumni who are now all over the world. Um, Evelyn Viennes, especially, is just killing it. My goodness, she's crushing it um, in every country that she's been to. So. Um, I feel like this was a great opportunity and progression for me, but total dream come true to be able to stay in Tampa Bay and work with this incredible Ooh, woman. That's not what she said. Power woman, you know, as we're uh, fighting over salary budgets. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, it, it's been a, a real dream to be able to do this. And I just, I, I'm so excited that we are going to have professional sports here in Tampa Bay. There's been so much opportunity for men and I've loved being a part of that, you know, huge lightning bucks, rowdies, Rays fan. Like I'm definitely a Tampa girl who's Canadian, but anyways, <laughs> really, really honored to be um, a part of this scene. Before you turn the page, Denise, uh, on from, from USF, is there a moment, I know 17 years, uh, it's a really long time, countless memories, I'm sure. Is there a moment or moments that you'll cherish the most in terms of your career there? Um, I mean, maybe because it's the freshest, but I feel like being at Corbett Stadium, which I have loved Corbett Stadium for my final home game and a conference regular season title is on the line and we win the conference regular season. So the girls know they're getting a ring. They know they're getting trophies and the hats and the t-shirts. And then it, it culminates with them putting together kind of a, an honoring video and framed Jersey. Um, and all my alumni, my loved the alumni that I've, I've stayed really close to were there. And I, I was blown away emotional and, just thankful and grateful. And it, it will always be one of my, my best memories ever 
Um, on top of, yeah, I mean, we've won some great championships, some really great conference championships. Always fun beating Memphis in Memphis. <laughs> it's so awesome the the storied career you've had. And, and I'm so excited to see you talk about building programs. You get an opportunity from the ground up here to Denise to build wow. this this soccer program here. And, and it's so exciting um to have the launch of this league, right? In Tampa Bay Sun FC here in the area. Christina, I I want to kind of tee it up for you for those that aren't familiar with the USL's Super League. I know that eight teams will kind of be the inaugural group here that'll be starting this league. Can you kind of fill us in for those that are listening? What's the background? Uh what can we expect and and you know, what's this going to look like for fans that are so so eager to support, you know, pro women's soccer here in the area? Oh, more soccer, more games, more access, right? <clears throat> Sorry. Um Really, the Super League gives that opportunity for women to play professional soccer, period. And it's been incredible when I've looked at the numbers. Those who can play in NCAA and then go on to play pro is like 0.5% here in the United States. Pro should be the tip of the iceberg, but we're now talking about like a snowflake on the tip of the iceberg. This gives more women the opportunity. And we have quality. We have players who can play at the highest level. There's just not enough spots. So that essentially is what Super League is and it opens a door professional similar to everyone's always asking me like what's it equivalent to major league soccer nwsl those who aren't soccer fans nfl nhl that's the level we're at and these are pro athletes division one playing on pro facilities um everything we get to create is for that pro athlete so it just gives people the opportunity to not just see soccer on tv but to be able to come in enjoy it, especially in the Tampa Bay core area, where we have not had soccer since Tampa Bay Mutiny in the Tampa Bay core area. And now we get to bring modern football, that's what the rest of the world calls it, modern football to Tampa Bay in the heart, in the center, and people can enjoy the march, the matches, right? Uh, when we go over from Armature Works over that bridge down into the stadium next to Blake and experience all of the activations and what it means to be a football supporter and to be in that section and to be chanting. Um, I don't think we're allowed fireworks, but I will all look away if I see fireworks in there and that's that reporter section and what that game means, not just globally, but how we as Tampa Bay can lead it, not just domestically, but also globally, especially as women's soccer increases around the world, not just regionally in CONCACAF, but in FIFA. She could be a coach, right? Because I like <laughs> I want to go to the game now. Yeah, I'm ready to put on a jersey. I'm I fired up. I'm fired up. Fired up. Let's oh, go. Good. Oh, thanks, thanks. <laughs> so, Denise, we hit on your uh, impact at, at USF, which was really profound, and I and I touched on it only briefly. But what you've done um, with the youth around of our community as well, and the development there uh, has been amazing. And so. You hit on the Rays, the Lightning, the Bucks. Our boys in our community have always had, you know, these local role models to aspire to, uh, to be able to get to that next level. You know, how meaningful is it for you now to know that our local youth can aspire uh, when it comes to to women's soccer to be a part of Tampa Bay Sun FC and go see those games. And then, you know, the next day play in their match and be able to dream as big as that. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? Because our memories growing up have been going to professional games to watch men. Mm -hmm. And and that made me dream to want to be a pro, you know, and it was hockey players. I had to go watch pro hockey players. <laughs> 
and I was never going to be an NHL player as a little girl. Um, but I understood that they got paid to to do something they were passionate about um, in sports. And I just loved um, that opportunity. And now to be able to produce that for young girls to come out and say, I want to do that. And it's already happening. I'm having little girls ask me when I'm going to sign them. Like, it's awesome. And uh, yeah, the role model, we're going to have incredible role models here. And that's always been something I've, um, you know, tried to part as, be part of my legacy is being a mentor um, and creating role models for the young players in Tampa Bay. So we've had, we've had leadership programs and camps at USF, and we're going to be able to do that at this level. And I, I can imagine that it's going to touch, you know, thousands and thousands of, of young women um, and inspire them to want to put on the, you know, the gold and, and Navy sun Jersey. It's going to be awesome. We've talked about the rise of, of women's volleyball and participation, especially, you know, in the area locally and really across the country. And it's so cool to see really the youth of, of soccer, right. And and female and women's soccer really start to take off here in the area under your guys's leadership. And so, you know, I, I do want to kind of get to that beautiful logo behind you guys for those watching on YouTube. It is gorgeous. I, I love it. I love it. Beautiful product placement. Um, the Tampa Bay Sun FC, if you can, you know, Christina, I know that was just revealed. Can you take us behind the process? I know fans got a chance to kind of give their input. I love the colors. I think it represents our area so well. Take us behind kind of the 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 imaging and the and the brand recognition here for, for Tampa Bay Sun FC. Yeah, since the inception in May when they announced the team, uh, the ownership group and the staff did community huddles throughout all of the counties. Um, and really brought people together and did a social media saying, what do we name the team? This is a team by the community, for the community, to be named by the community. And over 2,500 submissions were submitted. And the one answer that kept popping up was sun, sunshine, sunray, something to deal with the sun. And it wasn't a surprise because the sun is something that unifies us all. We're in Tampa Bay, Florida. Like our recruiting trips are going to be easy for players. <laughs> We're like, come, it's pretty much sunshine, like right now, 24-7 on us, right? So that's really what came to the synopsis of us knowing it's going to be around the sun. And then literally the sun rays is that point to our, you know, maritime heritage. We're surrounded by the water, the river fries where we're playing off of. You know, we're known for our beaches and clear water, right? We're known for that portion. And the boats, obviously, are amazing. Champa Bay, you know, boat parades. So that kind of helped develop that side. And then when we look at, essentially, the outside, I don't know if you guys can see, yep, it is it is duplicate of the type of architect, specifically here in Ybor City, that you see. The cultural nod back to the history of Tampa Bay. So we have our history tied in. We have our maritime. We have the sun. And we just have the unique and the strength of literally her face in and of itself. Um, I'm going to put it out here. I want to do like a um, masquerade ball based on this, on this, but like just the strength and the confidence that this logo alludes, that's the type of people and the types of individuals who will rally behind this logo. And it's really It looks great. awesome. And I love how it complements, you know, each of our franchises have their own color schemes and certainly this, compliments that really well i'm sure that was strategic too um for it to really stand out which is awesome now christina you guys recently uh announced that your first ever home will be at blake high school and um i know you went through a thorough vetting process much like you did in terms of the brand identity 
you know, what made you settle in on Blake? And then if you could talk a little bit about the improvements there, as well as the social impact of that location specifically. Yeah. When we were looking at different sites and options, the biggest thing about the urban core of Tampa is within a 30 minute drive, you can access 2 million people that can get to within 30 minutes. If you go north to like our top part of Tampa Bay region or south to St. Pete, it's about 1 million. So if we're focusing on access, the urban core center with the drives, the roads, sorry, my voice is really gone, is um, <laughs> 2 million individuals, right? And we want people to see the product on the field and to be related to it. That was one of our biggest things of identifying the urban core. Doing that, we back in and you see this incredible stadium right there in the riverfront across Armature Works. But more importantly, legacy it leaves. Once we're done, this is our temporary stadium for the first three to five years. It leaves a location and a legacy for Blake and those students. It leaves an opportunity for that school to continue to build on from not just their sports, but their performing arts and other events that they can host there to continue to increase revenue. So for us, it's a relationship for the community that we're not just popping something up and leaving. We're leaving behind a significant aspect and value and venue that the community can appreciate from the school level. We'll be working with the school um, and their students from vocational to other opportunities. But also when we do build the permanent stadium, ideally in the urban core area, we wouldn't be moving our fans essentially from a 45 minute drive. Yeah. They would pretty much be making the same type of drive um, just nearby. But that relationship with Blake High School has been special. Principal Newton and her team, um, we established that relationship before we proposed it to the school district. Uh, it was important that we had that relationship and we ensure that there is no, you know, it doesn't break up students, it doesn't interfere. If anything, it only enriches the programs and the culture and the legacy that the alumni have created at Blake High School. Christina, thank you for powering through because I was that, saying, I, you're getting the, you, the tail end of Oh, this I know. Moment. It's been a talking uh, You've so. been talking nonstop, I'm sure, for weeks now. So I I we're gonna we're gonna give you the rest of this interview off. Okay. We're gonna finish this <laughs> off with Denise. So Denise. <laughs> but you no, you're crushing it, girl. And I love it. Thank you for for all that. And I love the history. I love the history of the logo. I love the the premise and the idea of how centric um the the you know your your temporary home will be and hopefully your permanent home in the Tampa Bay area. Um, Denise, obviously in order to, to play, we got to feel the roster, right? We got to get, we got to get a roster ready um, for kickoff, which I, I believe is uh, next fall, right? Of 2024, yeah. August? August, am I correct on that? So Correct. August of 2024. So what does that process look like for you, coach? How are you going to kind of recruit or get a roster together and put uh, put an all-star team here ready to go for when we kick off next fall? We're going to start with you, Ryan. You know, what are your skills? What do you bring to the table? Uh, I think Don't Rob put him in goal. Yeah. he couldn't stop anything. So you, let's hide him, maybe hide him up top a little bit, but I'll be honest, exposed in the back. I'll be honest, Denise, Christina, my skill set would be better used in the broadcast booth. So if okay. you need that, we, we get, that would be a better use of my skill set. But um, no, I, I know there's a lot of talented women in the area and I, I, there's a lot of talent nationwide. So how do you filter through to find the right players, the right culture fit for this program? You know, just piggybacking off um, what Christina said about the percentage of players that have had access here, there really just hasn't been that opportunity. So we have these incredible Florida homegrown players who are scattered across the globe, you know, pursuing their dream 
you know, probably not making too great of a living doing it, but awesome at their their craft. And now we have the opportunity to go after them, bring them back home to the Tampa Bay area, put them on display. Um, and I think we're, you know, they're really excited about doing that. So, you know, you're starting with just, you know, the great talent of Tampa Bay. Where are they now? Um, giving them that opportunity to to come back home to be here. There's amazing kids coming out of college, so there'll be some coming out of college. There's lots of girls in the NWSL that want to be a part of the USL and our calendar. It's very unique um, because it follows the FIFA calendar, so we can work with European teams, send players on loan, that kind of stuff. So there's NWSL players that are very interested in coming to our league. Um, and then yeah, all over Europe, there's there's girls in Mexico playing and Iceland and Sweden and Scotland. Um, they're everywhere, uh, really killing it. So we've just been reaching out to them. We've had great interest in, in coming back. So it's been good. And we have to fill the stands. So That's we right. Come, so you know? I'll end with that then uh, in terms of a question and relates to filling the stands. And, and it's really for both of you. So. For those that are going to come out to games, what can you expect from the Tampa Bay Sun FC? And then equally as important or probably more important, how do you make your season ticket deposit? So first of all, you're going to get a great product on the field. Great soccer, great talent, but it's just going to be a blast. We are focused. We are our center of our idea is about experience, Mm -hmm. positive experience for the players but positive experience for the fans that come. There's going to be a stage. There's going to be food truck. You can see water. There's going to be 5,000 people. Even if you can't get a ticket to go in, you're going to have fun just coming because it is going to be electric when you get there. So it is only $24 to get your deposit for a season ticket right now, which you can do on our website. (laughs) And I would implore everybody that wants to see you know, women's professional soccer thrive in this area to to do that, you know, support us, get out there and do that. And, you know, when it when it started, when professional women started soccer kicked off, there was a team and the closest team to me was multiple states away. And a women's soccer coach said to me, if you want this to thrive, you need to get out there and get a ticket. And I was first in line to buy season ticket to a team I was never going to see. But we're asking the Tampa Bay community to rise up, support us, and get their tickets while they can. And add to that, we are committing <laughs> David to the Boom Steakhouse sandwich. Yes. yes. <laughs> Elaborate on that. But... Um, yeah, we want to offer Burn Steakhouse sandwiches at the venue. He has not committed to this yet, but we are going committing to. Him. I can put a word in with him, too. Yeah. No, no problem. That's a, it's a no brainer. I think you do great. But in all, in all seriousness, I do want to, I want to commend uh, both David and Daryl for their vision. um, And then more importantly, not only their vision, but, you know, putting forth the effort to get two great leaders like yourselves. So um, you guys are the absolute perfect people uh, to be able to, to lead this missing piece of the puzzle to the overall team tampa bay puzzle and uh we're, we're fired up we're excited you guys had us hooked before the interview but i'm sure you've got uh all the listeners hooked now as well not only that ladies i just went on and i secured yes my yes. spot as a season ticket oh. holder so that is officially done just submitted it so excited to be a part oh, of this franchise you, Ryan. i know yes oh 100 percent. i can't multitask like this like i'm just <laughs> trying to remember the questions and everything ryan's the pro <laughs> 
Like he carries us so he can do all kinds of stuff. The guy probably just filled out his taxes like while we were sitting there <laughs> in the interview. Me, like I'm just trying to make sure I don't mince words and that uh, we're getting everything out. So don't worry. After this, I will be logging on as well. Awesome. Get Thank yourself you a hat, a scarf, a t-shirt. That's right. We are in and we look forward to being a part of it next August, but we'll be following the journey uh, from now through then for sure. Right, no. Go Suns. This is our no, yeah. We don't know what we're doing yet. Go Suns. Suns. All right, I like that. <laughs> Ryan's like that. used to doing okay, this. No, 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 no. no, no. He keeps ending things with like Sun. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh it's, so it's sad. like a slow rise. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for for joining us, and uh, we look forward to supporting the Suns. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. Rob, I'll tell you what, so excited to already be reserving my spot as a season ticket holder, but I love the logo. Like you actually mentioned this as a part of the interview, like how unique it is. We've got so many really cool logos for our sports teams in the area. This one is super unique and ties into the fabric of our community, maybe unlike any other logo we have in the city. I absolutely adore it and love it. And I think it's going to look really, really cool in all the merch that, uh, that you and I are about to order. Absolutely. You know, I do think in the world of sports business or any really um, aspect of the the industry, logos are really hard to get right. And with the advent of social media, everybody's got a megaphone to voice their opinion. And a lot of times you see a logo roll out and, you know, the negative sentiment hits like an avalanche and not with this one. I think people... Um, have really embraced it. They love it. They love, um, you know, every angle of it. Uh, the reasoning certainly that Christina just shared was incredible, just taking us a deep dive into the brand. And so I think people are pumped. And again, I think a lot of times you underestimate how hard it is to get right because you have so many different stakeholders who have varying opinions. But in this case, they absolutely nailed it. And it's truly exciting. What a way uh, to roll out this brand. It's, that's awesome. So excited for it. And I love the, the, the sun, right. Cause it really does. I mean, when you think of Tampa Bay, you think of our region, the sun always comes to mind, especially for those that are visiting our area. And it's going to be an iconic new addition to team Tampa Bay. Speaking of iconic logos, uh, I don't think any really stand out much more in the, in the sphere of sports than WWE and Royal Rumble, uh, which of course is going to be coming to our hometown, colliding with Gasparilla here at the end of January. So Rob, um, I know those tickets are on sale right now. Uh, can you give us an update? How can folks get a hold of that? Because I know they're going pretty fast right now. Yeah, both um, of their premier events that weekend, there'll be other fan events too, but on January 27th at Tropicana Field, and then on January 29th at Amelie Arena with Monday Night Raw. Both of those are on sale now. If you go on to royalrumble.com, you can secure your seats. They are moving fast. A uh, lot of demand for, for both of those events. And it's going to be a really special weekend, as you mentioned, with Gasparilla taking place as well. So excited. If you were a part of our community when the NHL All-Star Game was in town at the same time of Gasparilla, it was so cool to see those two events really marrying with each other. This is going to be very similar, and I love how the Royal Rumble and WWE spread out uh, amongst our community. It's going to be awesome. So if you haven't gotten your tickets, log on and get them now. Uh, we are closing in, though, Rob, before we get to Royal Rumble and, and WWE uh, really coming into and taking over our area. We've got the NCAA Volleyball Championships that will be here uh, in mid-December. 
37 days out. Uh, the rankings have shifted. We've got a lot of uh, powerhouses really at the top, but it's anybody's game right now as, as far as who could be coming here to the Tampa Bay area. So super excited uh, for what seems to be and what could end up turning out to be some monster teams invading Tampa Bay come December. Uh, this regular season has been historic. I know we've had plenty of guests on and uh, the recent months to help talk about and just how excited everybody is, but the parody that has taken place and, you know, underdogs knocking off, you know, perennial national champions. It, it's been just a, an incredibly winding road in the road to Tampa Bay, which has made it so exciting. So it's anybody's game uh, in terms of who will make it here December 14th and 17th. But I can promise you, if you don't have your tickets yet, they're, you're running out of opportunities because uh, they we're certainly getting down to the the last few. But there are other going to be other opportunities that will continue to fill you in uh, in terms of our listenership as to ways to be involved. I mean, one of the examples, for example, is open practices. So uh, on Wednesday, December thirteenth, uh, the practices for the four teams will be open to the public. Um, we'll provide the exact timing as it becomes available, but that's one of those. If you don't wind up being able to secure your game tickets, you'll want to come out and check out, you know, one, two, three, or, or four of those teams practice that day because it's going to be free and open to the public and another way to touch and feel this really incredible event. I cannot wait for it. It's going to be so exciting. And and Rob, we've talked about really the buzz around this NCAA volleyball season. How about Nebraska? I mean, we talk about the Minnesota-Nebraska game, Fox's viewership recently, 1.66 million. That was more than any Sunday sporting event shy of the NFL and, and barely less than the NASCAR race. I mean, that is when you talk about the interest right now in the women's volleyball game, it's going to culminate with the championship being broadcast on ABC in our area. It's going to be so cool to continually see the amount of eyeballs that are going to be not just on our area, but on this really special championship weekend we're going to have here in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. And to be able to leverage that on behalf of our hometown, first time ever it's on ABC on Sunday, December 17th. Uh, we want to make sure that we're able to use that platform to tell our community's story, just how far we've come as far as where and as and equally as important where we're going. So um, it is an immense platform and responsibility, and we could not be more excited. The timing is definitely right on this one. That's for sure. Super excited for it again. Uh, tickets, uh, they're few and far between. So if you want to get involved, please make sure you take advantage of it. Rob, I do want to give you an update, though, on, a, on a, our previous podcast. We had a little conversation around my basketball skills. So I did want to inform you uh, and give you an update on the UCF basketball celebrity game that I was a part of, which... Uh, by the way, featured a lot of former Knights, including Jermaine Taylor, A.J. Ramsa, some of the best in program history. Uh, I went out there and I dominated in the pregame. I mean, warmups, nobody was shooting better threes than I was. Man, I was they were they were going through the net cutting like butter. Unfortunately, though, 0 for 1 and airballed my only three in the game. But you know, I played defense pretty hard. I actually got the box score from that game sent to me. And I was really excited at first because it said Ryan Bass had his first career triple double um is is what it said but then as i dove deeper into the box score and realized that you had missed 10 threes missed 10 free throws and had 10 turnovers and that was your triple double it made a lot more sense so i get i guess congrats on your first career triple double um that's not the way most people want to draw it up but you somehow found a way right there on the campus of C Florida. 
I'll tell you what, uh, I got that jersey saved. It's going to be uh, hung into the rafters of my apartment here in downtown St. Pete, and we will cherish the day uh, that I was able to to have that uh, that really, really very rare triple-double. Um, but, you know, I drew a charge. Did that show up in the box score? It was a questionable call. I'm sure it may, it may have been a block, <laughs> but I, I'm interested to see any highlights. So if anybody has any available, please submit them. DM them to us. We'd love to be able to see any of your highlights and air quotes that you guys may have of Ryan on the hardwood. They have all been scrubbed from the internet.